Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty-four hours. Where you at? It's Dan Day. Find me at Dan Day Radio on social media. Real simple: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Maybe one day OnlyFans. Who knows? We'll see. What we will hear on the way from the Joe Rose Show, talking with the coach Ron Rothstein. He's talking about the big game tonight. Also, Greeny. He touches base with NBA legend Bernard King. And then finally, Hawk and Crowder talking to the smooth operator Mike Wallace. Going to lean heavy on the heat because we got a lot of heat action. Got a lot of headlines for you too right now. With Spencer Knight in goal, the Panthers fell to the lightning for nothing last night. Tampa will play the winner of the Carolina-Nashville series. Despite Jimmy Butler's rough times in games one and two against the Bucks, teammate Duncan Robinson says to not count him out and that he will be who he is normally in game three, which tips tonight at 7.30. The Marlins defeated the Phillies 4-2. They're currently playing their fourth game of their home set against Philadelphia. Right now, Miami sits one game below 500 on the season. Tua Tagovailoa says he did not have a good grasp of the playbook in his first season. Tagovailoa is expected to be opening day starting quarterback for the Dolphins when they play the Patriots September 12th. The betting line for wins in college football has been set. The Hurricanes line is at 9.5. Last night in the NBA playoffs, the Jazz even their series with Memphis at 1 with a 141-129 win. The Knicks did the same in defeating the Hawks 101-92 and the 76ers took a 2-0 series lead by downing DC 120-95. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A message in a bottle was recently returned after spending 10 years adrift off the coast of Russia. I'm guessing it was full of vodka. Seven bears recently crashed a high school pool party in Tennessee. Ooh, Solana's having a pool party this weekend. I hope this happens again there. A man has gone online saying he cannot trust his girlfriend because she dated ugly people in the past. Hmm, what does that say about that dude? Hmm? That dude is Joe Rose in the morning, weekdays, 6 to 10. He teams up with Zach Krantz in Hollywood, and they were talking to the coach, Ron Rothstein, about Jimmy and Bam. They need to be stars. They need more from the Heat. Also, Streaky Hero and MSG Memories. Yeah, it's time to get into a little Heat basketball for tonight. Milwaukee up 2-0 in this series, and there's only one guy can go to. And that's Ron Rothstein. And, Ron, I stayed up because I wanted to hear what you had to say after the game. 
And you said, before I get into everything, let me just say one thing. If your stars don't play like stars in these playoffs, this thing's over. What are your thoughts for this one coming up, Ron? They haven't changed, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I've always – no, look, I've always believed – some first-round matchups, some years, your stars didn't have to star. You just had to be good, and you could get by. Not in this matchup, not in this first round, not against this team. This Milwaukee team is a really good team. This Milwaukee team is a legitimate title contender. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but they've added pieces they didn't have last year, and they've changed things the way they attack Giannis that they needed to do, and they're, they're just a handful. And look, first game, we really, I think, should have won the first game. We missed, I counted, six either layups or tippings right at the rim that we came away empty, nothing. And it was, you know, game when it's overtime. Right. That should have been a win, I think. Game two, obviously, you know, they just pounded us. Yeah. We showed no resistance, and then they made every shot. First, they were physically really into us and through us, and then they just made every shot. They were on a roll. They were feeling good, and uh, we weren't feeling so, so Ron, let me ask you. Let me ask you about Jimmy Butler because he's been a hot topic, and people are calling him out. Play like a, you know, you know, your four field goals in each one of these first two games not enough. What do you expect from Jimmy Butler? Like, I know he likes to get everybody involved, but what would you like to see him do more of? Well, I've, I've said earlier this year, Jimmy had uh, two straight double doubles, and uh, either we lost both or we lost one of the two, and but he had. Uh, in the, in the uh, triple doubles, two two straight triple doubles, but in both of them, he only scored 13 points. That's not good enough for us. Jimmy needs to score. He, he'll do the other things. Right. The other things will come just by the way he plays. Um, but he needs to score. He needs to be our primary scorer or one of our primary scorers. You know, he averaged about 21 a game. He needs to get his average, and so does Bam. So these guys have to be have to be more aggressive, and they have to be more of who they are. Now, sometimes in, in a playoff, you get matched up. You know, it's not like you play a team one night and you play another team, a different team the next night and then a different team the third night. You're going head-to-head now. There's no hiding. Sometimes you get caught in a matchup that's not really good for you. Is that the case in this series? Because he's matched up with Giannis. And, you know, guys who have athleticism and length, a little bit bigger than Jimmy, mm-hmm. I've given him a little bit of a problem. But he's such a great competitor, and he, he knows how to win. I expect him to, to come around and be a, be more like Jimmy Butler tonight. Ron, I want to ask you about the third guy, um, Tyler Hero. Two for 10, 19 minutes, 10 points, and one for five, 18 minutes, four points in the in the blowout. What's been your take on, on Tyler and the way the coaches used him to this point? What, what's your thoughts with him? Well, Tyler, it's pretty interesting. Uh Tyler usually, when he comes out and he makes his first shot, he's usually pretty good. He's a bit of a streak shooter. At least he has been. Mm-hmm. And when he's on, and when he's playing well and he's making shots, it really helps us because he gives us a lift off the bench. In the first game, he just struggled until the fourth quarter, and then Spo went with that lineup down the stretch he felt comfortable with. You know, I, like I said, I really believe that should have been a win for us. Game two, I think you just got to throw it out. It's over and move on. 
Tyler's got to come back. We need his scoring. There's no question about it. He's very important to, you know, what we do and how well we're going to do. You expect any big adjustments from Spo tonight for this this game? Obviously, at home, it's going to be friggin' crazy with Heat fans, obviously. What what kind of adjustments do you expect Spo to make? He did play Deadman and Bam together. Right. Game two. And that didn't go so badly. So we might see that. We might see more of that tonight. Someone said something about maybe moving Goran to the starting lineup to you know, help handle their pressure. Their pressure, uh, mostly by Drew Holiday, has really bothered us. So one of the other options he has is, and he's done it in the past, after a score, and they, you know, when they can pick up full court, is have Bam bring it up. I think Bam, the initiator, especially with the way Lopez is playing him, he's standing in the paint. That's, one, that's another way you could possibly relieve pressure. Other than that, um, you got to go back to what you've been doing and who you are. It's not time. You can't start uh, rewriting the uh, playbook and what you do basically uh, this deep into the season and this, this, you know, in, into the playoffs. You got to go back to doing what you do and do it well. The main thing we have to come out and play with more force, more physical strength. That is going to be huge. Ron, uh, I want to ask you, just getting away from our team, going away, how about the Clippers story? Stay away from the Lakers, by the way they play, which has got everybody upset because they wanted to play the Mavs. And that hasn't gone so well in these first two games. They lose at home. What, what's your take on this Clippers team so far? I think they're a huge, huge question mark. I think they've been a huge question mark all year long. I n- I've never bought into the narrative that they were – a legitimate uh, contender to um, to the Lakers. Uh, they're really good. They have two outstanding players. I just there's something about that team. I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't watch them day in and day out. Yeah. But there's just something about them, and yet they're capable enough of winning four straight and getting to the second round right now. I mean, they have enough ability on that team. It's just something about them, and I, I, in all honesty, I don't know what it is. I, but it, it's, I don't know. I, yeah. I really don't know what to say. About no, that. no, you know what's they, so funny, Ron? It's like they. I thought they were really good last year too, and they got good veteran players. Have been, you know, good for a long time, and they just don't come together. I know Doc kind of took the. He was the fall guy last year, Doc Rivers, and it's like uh, it's more of the same, man. So, hey, uh, I do want to ask you another one though, Ron. Here, real quickly too. You played a lot of games, and watching Madison Square Garden last night was just alive, and what a great comeback, and, and the Knicks having success and getting that first win. What's your best memory of uh, Madison Square Garden that uh, being around the NBA so long? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I, uh, my if best it, memory I was wondering if it might be Detroit, if not, you know, a member of this uh, Heat coaching staff. I didn't know which way you might go. A lot of great memories in both, Joe. I do remember – this is in, uh, it's not Detroit, and it's not Miami. It's Indiana. One oh. year I was with the Pacers. Okay. I remember we played a game in Madison Square Garden, and we won. But at one point in the second half, the Knicks won on a 24-0 to nut zero run. And somehow we withstood it and won. That has always stood out in my mind. I, I, I'll always remember that 24-0 run the other team went on sitting there Totally helped. I can remember a great Christmas, uh, my first year in Detroit. 
No, actually, it was the second year because it was the first year we had the plane. We were the first team to have a team plane um, in the NBA. Actually, I think we were the first team to have its own plane solely for the use of the team in, in, in professional sports in, the, in America. We played a Christmas Day game at Madison Square Garden, a noon game, and then we were back in Detroit at our friend's house for dinner at 6 o'clock. <laughs> that never happened before. Yeah. That's... And, you know, strange things, you know, yeah. but in, individual moments or, or, or you know, um, didn't we have, I think we won one in the garden. Didn't Dwayne have a buzzer beater in the garden? Now you're asking me of all people. I know. Really? I could have been there and I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't no, remember. I, yeah. I think Dwayne had a buzzer beater in the garden. He did one of his run around the courts yelling and screaming. You know, it was found in his chest. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I, I remember that. Hey Ron, you know, you know, what's crazy is, uh, is seeing the success and having the Knicks back in the playoffs is obviously good for business. I know I, I enjoy watching them play. Do, do you think this can be a place top free agents going to want to go again? We always talk about this every year, like maybe this year. Does that change or are things still to say the same and people aren't going to read into what's going on right now? No, I think what's going on right now is going to change the narrative. Wow. I really do. That's I think it, I think at least potentially change the narrative. Um, there's a lot of positive things going on in Madison Square Garden and in that Nick organization. And, uh, you know, people want to be with a winner. You know how it is free agency and uh they look around and say well they got they got some talent on that team so i'm not sure exactly what their cap situation is uh i think they can add a piece or two and uh they'll be in they'll be in the discussion i'm, pr- I'm pretty sure of that well ron i appreciate you coming on i know you got a late night tonight so uh thank you for coming on man let's hope they get a win and keep this thing uh make it interesting here try to get it back to 2-2 here before the end of the weekend thank you so much buddy it's always my pleasure, Joe. Take care. Be you well. too, Ron. Ron Rothstein, the guy knows basketball, and Joe Rose, he knows a lot of things. Sit down, talk with him one day if you ever get a chance. Woo! He'll tell you some stories. Speaking of stories, Greeny touching base with NBA legend Bernard King next. Craziness going down in New York City and Madison Square Garden. It's on the way here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560 The Joe, Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Hola, I am Dan Day, and from 10 to noon weekdays, you hear the man, the myth, the legend, Greeny doing his thing, and he is rubbing elbows with the man, the myth, the legend. One point, the king of New York, I mean that, Bernard King, talking about NBA fans, Knicks Atlanta, Ooh, that's been an exciting series, what Brooklyn's future looks like, and who today reminds him of himself. Good morning, Bernard. Hi, good morning, Greeny. I'm glad to be here with you. I can't believe you remember Fast Break. <laughs> you, well, let me tell you, I could quote you lines from that movie left and right. You and I might be like the last two people who could do it. But you were hustler, and you were magnificent in that movie. You hustle guys playing pool, and you play against Nevada State. You're playing at Cadwallader. Gabe Kaplan, of course, is the coach. <laughs> I know that movie like I know my like the back of my own hand. Well, I really have pool game. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. And I, I wanted to start with one little fan geeked out kind of moment here, and then we'll get into the basketball of today. But, you know, it, it made me feel so good. I was at the game on Sunday night with my son, and they show you on the screen, and the ovation that you get at the Garden shows me 
that people remember the way I remember, that people remember that period, that moment in time, 1984 in particular, where you were the best, you were the best player in the NBA, averaged 42 points in a playoff series against Detroit, took the Celtics seven incredibly tough games that year. What does it feel like all these years later to hear the fans react to seeing you that way? Well, it's, it's always special being back at uh, Madison Square Garden, obviously, and to get the reaction from the fans that I did. Anytime that I'm present in New York, uh, the fans are very kind to me. They remember the effort that I gave every single night and, and how I li- delivered on behalf of the team and the organization and playing my heart out with the greediness and the toughness that represents New York City. At a native New Yorker yourself, obviously, from Brooklyn. Greeny and Bernard King with me. All right, let's get into this. Uh, the series here, Knicks and Hawks, which is an outstanding series. They couldn't be more evenly matched. I opened the show by pointing out they had the same record. Both games have basically come down to a shot here or a shot there, and they're tied at one game apiece. What will make the difference? When the series is over, and one of the teams has obviously won, what will we say was the difference between these two incredibly evenly matched teams? Well, and first of all, I think this series is going to go seven games. I, I think both clubs are, are really talented teams. Uh, but I think the difference maker, as you saw last night, is going to be Derrick Rose. Uh, Derrick Rose has come in and he's really put a great deal of fire under his team, particularly in the second half. He's found his rhythm. He's found his game within the system. And I think that to have him scoring points and penetrating and dishing off and putting pressure on Trey Young, I think that's needed, and that's going to be the difference in this series, as well as uh, the Nick bench. He's been such an outstanding accent piece, really, since they got him this season. Do you believe he's ready for more than that at his age and the history of injuries and everything else? Can he be one of the two or three most important players on this team right now, play the minutes that will require over the course of a seven-game series? Well, there's no question about that. I, I look for Julius Randle to really start to uh, elevate his game. He had difficulty, obviously, in the first game and, and second game. He wasn't his um, normal offensive self. And so that's where Derrick Rose picked it up. And so you have to control Derrick Rose's minutes. But I think it's very important to have him on the floor to put pressure on, on the Hawks and, and deliver it in a different way. He's hitting the three-point shot. He's providing the leadership that's needed. Uh, he's playing awfully well, and uh, I think he will continue to do so. Well, you mentioned Julius Randle, who you know, was a candidate, or won the Most Improved Player of the Year award, and fans chant MVP when he's out there on the floor. But they have not gotten him going offensively in this series at all. So give me a little coaching here. Take the fans inside. How do they get him to be more efficient and effective offensively as this series goes on? Well, I think that he's going to have to look for more of his early offense. And, and what I mean by that is uh, Randall loves to receive the ball on the wing oftentimes if he's not taking the three-point deep shot and then back his man down toward the low post. And when you, when you do that, you're going to get double teamed uh, far more frequently. And so what happens, everything begins with the catch. And so he has to catch the ball if he wants to get into the basket, catch the ball closer to the lane as opposed to the wing position and then trying to back his man down. And so if you go back in deeper to catch that and then turn and face and take that drive as he's capable of doing left to right, it's going to put more pressure on the front line of the Hawks, creating more fouls on the front line. And I think that will help get his game going, Greeny. Greeny and the great Bernard King with me on the Goodyear Hotline helping you discover 
the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. On the other side, it, it's really been, I don't know if coming out party is really the right way to put it, because we knew Trey Young was a terrific player. But boy, has he been lived up to the hype, if you will, in this. Just as you watch him play as one who knows what it is like to be at the pinnacle, what are we seeing in Trey Young at the age of 22? What you're seeing is a a player that uh, truly understands his game within their system, but he also understands where he can find Bogdanovich within the offensive system that they're running. And he loves the big stage. He's an exciting player. There's no question about it. And I think one of the things that uh, the Knicks will continue to do, they have to give him different looks. You have to pick him up early. Uh, Obviously, he has the ability to break you down off the dribble and get into the paint and get that little floater or find his teammates for, for jump shots. But sometimes you want to zone him up, uh, power, stack up the court on the right-hand side and force him right, and now you're forcing him into a tremendous amount of defensive help. And uh, the Knicks, uh, being a great defensive team, I, I think if they utilize some of that, it will change his patterns. All right, so that series is tied at one. Game three, as you mentioned, is tomorrow night. It'll be on ESPN. I mentioned that you're Brooklyn's own. What are your thoughts on the Nets? They have that big three together. So far, they're, they appear to be on their way of making relatively short work of the Celtics, and, and then we'll see. It gets harder from there with Milwaukee looking good. Uh, what is your projection for those three guys and what Brooklyn can do over the next six weeks? Oh, you remember playground basketball, Grainy? Mm-hmm. You, you get teams that are stacked and they wind up dominating the court all day and you never get a chance to really play. Well, that's what it's like with Brooklyn. When you have that, that, that trifecta there of those uh, three great players, uh, they're just dominant offensively. And obviously they haven't spent a lot of time together this season due to injuries, a uh, very limited amount of time. But I think that what you saw in that second game is what you're going to continue to see against Boston as the series progresses. Uh, because you can't key in on one guy. And then you take Harris, the three-point shooter uh, that spots up and has 16 in that first quarter. You, you're talking about three dominant player, players in, in Harden, Irving, and, and Durant. And then you take a Harris that's wide open when they drive to the bucket. It's a uh, very difficult to defend. And I, I see them controlling the series. And Jalen Brown is out, uh, Greeny. Mm. And, and without him, uh, I don't think Boston really has a chance. Yeah, it was that one was... Likely over before it started. The work will start getting tougher from here. One more for you. The game is played so differently than it was when you were playing it at your best with those turnarounds on the baseline and all of that, the tough contested twos. <laughs> Everyone's shooting threes. Who reminds you of you? Is there right. anyone when you watch basketball now that you watch and you say, that guy reminds me of Bernard King? Well, I, I don't really see it in today's game because, as you mentioned, uh, the game is really predicated on three-point shots. And if I played the game today... Uh, that's something that I would incorporate into my game, the three-point shot. And if I added that, I don't know how many points I would score a game. <laughs> mm. How many? But, uh, how many would you score? If there had been threes back when you were playing and it had been so dominant, how many? You scored, you averaged 42 points in a playoff series against Isaiah Thomas yeah. and the Detroit Pistons in 84, one of the great series of all time. So I remember. Three-point shot. Yes. How many would you have averaged if there had been a three? <laughs> I, I, well, my offensive production certainly would have increased. Uh, there's no question about it because I would look to take more shots in the open floor in, in terms of three-point shooting or spotting up on, on, on the wing as well and taking that three-point shot. And so my production level would have gone up. I led the league average 32. So I would say probably about 38 points a game. 38 <laughs> points a game. I'm with it. Let me ask you one more thing, actually, because you bring up an interesting thought. Like the psychology of all, the, of all this stuff always fascinates me. 
Like when you were at your best, you couldn't be stopped. The Celtics sent everybody at you, I remember, and you scored 46 points in a game at the Garden against them. Like, can you describe for the 99.999% of us who will never know what that feels like when you are dominating a sport and no matter what anybody does, they can't stop you? What does it feel like? That is the most incredible feeling in the world when you know that anything that you do out there on the floor, you can't be stopped. And in my game, I had a move for a single defender. I had moves for a double team. And believe it or not, Greeny, I had moves for a triple team. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of what you did defensively, I already had a move set for where I was on the floor, how you were going to defend me, whether you're 6'10", it didn't matter. Whether you're a guard, I'm just going to shoot over the top of you like Kelly Tapuka. A big man like Kevin McHale, I'm just going to go up into you and get that shot over the top of you with a quick release. And uh, so that feeling of knowing that you're you're the best, and that's what I felt uh, when I was playing at that time pre-injury, that I was the best that there was in the game at that time. And a lot of people don't remember uh, Greeny. The players, in fact, voted me most valuable player to lead. And uh, that was really wonderful that your peers viewed you in that way. The press voted me second running up to, to Larry Bird. But it, it was just an incredible feeling to be running the floor knowing you can do anything. <laughs> you were the best. The best. We called you St. Bernard. I mean, well, that's the, kind. Though we loved you. I mean, I, don't, I, don't know what else, I loved you. I don't know what else to say. I loved you. In my youth, Thank you, I loved you. That's all I can say. I told this to Thank Patrick you. Ewing, and I will tell it to you. My brother and I, we lived in a building. We weren't allowed to have dogs. We had hamsters. We named one of them Patrick and one of them <laughs> yeah, Bernard. And we had hamsters. One was named Patrick and one was named Bernard. That's a true story. I named, oh, a, no I named a hamster You're after you. Me. Yes. Yes. You were the namesake of my uh, hamster. Yeah, I hope it was a good hamster that you enjoyed your time spent. It was a quality <laughs> hamster. I mean, as, as hamsters go, I was happy with them, but really, I don't know how else to describe it. Bernard, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Let's do it again soon. Enjoy the games as they Absolutely. go forward. Take care. By the way, I'm going to be at the game uh, here in Atlanta on, on Friday. Oh, uh, nice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Yes. Well, we'll see you now. I won't be there, but we will see you maybe on the TV. Again, it's tomorrow night on ESPN will be that game. Thank you, Bernard. Bernard King, and again, okay, his, Granny, Take care. You Thank too. Kind of like Bernard King right there. No, nobody really reminds me of myself these days. Never be too modest. Never be too modest, Bernard. Hawk and Crowder, they're never too modest. They're talking with Mike Wallace. More heat action on the way here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty-four hours. Hopefully, you're having a good day. I am Dan Day on social media at Dan Day Radio. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Facebook. Hopefully, one day on TikTok, and even more so, hopefully, one day on OnlyFans. I want to do some crazy stuff on OnlyFans. I hear it's a pretty, 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 pretty crazy site. So. If there's ever any demand, I will have an OnlyFans. I am only a fan of Hawk and Crowder. Not really, but I am a hardcore fan of Hawk and Crowder. Love hanging out with those guys every single weekday from 2 to 6. I invite you to do the same. They're hanging out with Mike Wallace right here now, talking about how his Grizzlies are feeling. 
The Bucks are moving faster than the Heat, and Jimmy Butler needs to take over. Mike Wallace, NBA writer and analyst for Grind City Media at Grizzlies.com, and he covered the Heat for many years here with ESPN and the Heat Index, and he has been a longtime friend of the show, and when he used to live down here, he would sometimes co-host with me when I needed a, a fill-in host, which I'm going to need tomorrow and Friday when uh, when Crowder's taking an early uh, Memorial Day break. So, too bad Mike's not here. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mike, as always. Hey, anytime, man. Anytime. I appreciate appreciate you guys being patient with me, man. <laughs> One thing we've learned, <laughs> patience. Um, and, and, and I'm going to talk Grizzlies. Your Grizzlies have surprised a lot of people, but I'm going to get to that. I want to start with the Heat, though, because the Heat are down 0-2 or 2-0, however you want to say it. So how can they turn this to 2-1 tomorrow night? How I, I mean, they have been handled. Well, I shouldn't say handled. The first game went to overtime, but they were handled in game two by Milwaukee. And so how do they turn this around tomorrow? I mean, that, you, you're right. Those two games were, were completely uh, diametrically opposed in terms of how they, they, they played out. You know, I think Miami's still struggling to find its offensive rhythm. Um, that's the one thing, the one common denominator for both of those games because, you know, even the game that, that, that went to overtime, you know, Miami just didn't – it seemed like they didn't have it uh, in consistent stretches. And, you know, I look back to what they were in the bubble last year when they made their run, and a lot of that was with Jimmy Butler on the ball. Like, it's almost like there's so many different moving parts with the, with, with Spolster's rotation right now, and, and things aren't connecting the right way. It's almost designed to get individual guys feeling comfortable when the collective unit uh, just isn't coming together the way it needs to be. But I think you start off by getting back to defending, and then you also put the ball offensively in Jimmy Butler's hand and get him back to being a triple-double threat uh, as opposed to a guy that's just out there kind of just searching. And I've, I've seen this, Mike, and a couple of people said it, where we were expecting our young guys, Hero and Duncan, to mature, and we were expecting Dragic not to mature. Like, we, did, we, did, we didn't want our olders to get older. We want our youngers to get olders. Was that the <laughs> problem? Because, bro, I'm with you. I'm watching these games, and it seems like they're just moving faster than us. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. Is that the case? And that, that is the case, too. And, and, and right now, the Heat are just disjointed. And, and I think this is the, the, you finally get to a point where when you have so many guys coming in and out of you know, trades and signings and all of those things, where eventually it catches up to you. For the first time in a long time, and, and listen, I'm watching from afar. I'm not in the practices or anything like that and seeing these guys every day like I was you know, when I was in Miami. But this is the first time in a long time where I can say that so many of the young guys didn't necessarily develop and take the next step from the previous year. Like every year, that's always been the case where somebody came back better than they were before. This was the first year that, you know, you talk about a young core, that the young core may have regressed a little bit and just never found the same confidence. You know, the bodies are still there, but, but you know, none, hero. You know, those guys, they, even, even Bam to a certain extent, they're just not playing with that same – level of like confidence and, and passion that they play with before. It's almost like the burden is on their backs now as opposed to just being able to play freely. Uh, Jimmy had that last year too. Remember, he was like the odd man out and it was always his fault uh, with those other teams. And then, you know, he, he kind of had that extra oomph with him when he came to Miami. But now it's like you put ex- expectations on these guys um, and, and it's just harder. And then when you add in the fact that Milwaukee has been waiting all year for specifically you, to go yeah. back and prove that last year for them was a fluke, I think that's a factor as well. 
Yeah, I think Giannis has that look in his eyes. But you you mentioned Jimmy Butler there, and and maybe he was you know he didn't have unlike, that kind. Unlike of... unlike un, un, <laughs> unlike unlike the look unlike the look that your wife has in the eyes when Shadé comes. Like, that's the opposite. Right? <laughs> trust me, trust me. It's a look of it's a look of fear and uh, and loathing. Fear and loathing. If you don't know what fear and loathing looks like. <laughs> Come on over to my house. I'll pop Sade on the uh, on the hi-fi and uh, you can take a look at my wife's eyes. Um, you talk about Jimmy Butler, though. Did you hear Stephen A. Smith on first take yesterday? I did. I did. Okay, I did. Let me, and, um, let me play this for yeah. a clip of it. Let me play a clip of it for people that may not have heard it. So here's Stephen A. Smith. I said yesterday, I think Jimmy Butler should take this as a compliment because there are very few people where – um, you can say to them, hey, you're a superstar. Make up for the, the, the inadequacies that your teammates might have. But here was Stephen A. Smith talking about Jimmy Butler on first take yesterday. Here's what stars do. Stars make up for what the rest of the team is lacking to some degree. They make up for it. And, and, and especially when it's a place you wanted to go. D-Wade vouched for you. Kawhi Leonard might come there because undercover-wise, his relationship with Jimmy Butler is pretty damn good. Here's the reality of the situation. You the man there right now. Bam Adebayo, we love and appreciate him. We appreciate the years of service for Andre Iguodala, and we know he has a role on any championship team, okay? We look at some of the pieces like the Kendrick Nunns, the Tyler Heroes of the world. We know they could play. Damn it, Jimmy Butler, they ain't you. You Jimmy freaking Butler. Take over. Stop with the passiveness. It's yours. It's yours. You missed the South Beach. Now, they ain't going to call it Wade County because Wade County is reserved for a very, very special man who now happens to be the point the part owner of the Utah Jazz, which is another story for another day. But the bottom line is, it's your town. Take over. Period. Number one option. You're no Jim- passiveness. And and so when he says that, is it that simple, Mike? Take over. You're Jimmy freaking Butler. Take over. I, I didn't, and I love Stephen A. Man, he's a mentor. You know what I mean? I, I came up, you know, admiring what he's done. But there was no analysis whatsoever in that. Right? There's no <laughs> adjustment that he needs to specifically make to go against that front line. There's no, you know, uh, uh, angle of attack that he's offered in terms of that. It's just emotion, and it's just you know, hyperbole when it comes to that. But it's more, it's, it's more complex than that, right? I mean, you know, again, physically, is Jimmy Butler worn out? Like, we, we, we gave the Lakers a pass for being so sporadic this season because they said, hey, look, we, we, we went through the bubble. We stayed the whole time. And coming into this season, LeBron and AD are just going to take whatever time they need. When, they, when they're hurt, they're going to take extended times off and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas we forgot the other team that they played in the finals had to play that same gauntlet of a schedule last year too, and maybe, maybe they just have to be at a point now where physically they're worn out, mentally they might just not be what they were last year. It's unfair to expect that every single time. And again, you're going against the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that their whole structure would be shattered if they lose to you in the first round of the playoffs again. They loaded down with two hundred plus million dollars in salary commitments and extensions to get past this round to get on to where they need to get on to. So sometimes it's the other team as well. But Jimmy Butler is a guy that I'm not going to question his effort, man. That dude left it all out there anytime he's going to play. He's not going to be perfect every night. But at some point, though, you do want to get him back on the ball. You want him to be operating almost as if he's the point guard so that other guys can play off of him almost every possession and then find their rhythm. 
that's the first adjustment they need to make. And then everything else hopefully will fall in line from there. And, Mike, I think we have we have the heat. You know, we're down here. We got the heat glasses on. Look the other side, though, man. Drew Holiday came in. Like, are the Bucks a lot better than they were last year? You talk about the motivation. You talk about getting the gentleman sweep last year. But are the Bucks a lot better team than they were last year? Because this damn little tiny-tooth Chris Middleton is killing me. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, because they got dogs on their team now. They don't have, like – you know they they don't they don't have like middle middle class guys that that grew up playing in in, in the Y and, and, and good gyms all their life. They got guys that came straight from the, the gutter to play. Guys that are just a little bit crazy. I mean, when you look at Bobby Portis, just look at you tomorrow. Look in somebody's eyes. Like that guy is like <laughs> wired a different kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Um, a, you know, oh, Drew Holiday. Quick, quickly, yeah. quickly, my Bobby Portis done slapped about eight people this year. I can see that eye. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's it's so similar so to Lori's like, eyes when I put on Sade. I, I don't even know what. <laughs> but, yeah, Port- Portis is one of those guys that he ain't going to back down. Like, you know, I mean, obviously, um, Tucker is a guy that's not going to back down. Drew Holiday is just a tough cover, and he can do things on both ends of the floor to disrupt you. So, like, they're a better team because they grew up. It's like they matured in a way to put some toughness around, uh, you know, around Giannis and also around Chris Middleton to allow them to do their thing. So, this is a tough matchup, man. But at the end of the day, Miami gets a chance to play two games at home. And would it shock me if this is 2-2 uh, uh, going back to Milwaukee? No, it wouldn't. Matter of fact, I expect it to be 2-2 uh, based on how Miami comes out in game three. Hopefully they come out strong tonight or, or uh, when, they, when they have game three. Tomorrow night, yeah. Man, I hope you are right. Mike Wallace is with us. Uh, he's with Grizzlies.com now, Grind City Media. The Grizzlies, man. Up 1-0 on the Jazz. A lot of people didn't even think they'd get through the play-in round. John ja Morant, yeah. that dude is a superstar, man. That, what I, yeah. they, they got to yeah. be excited in Memphis, huh? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I you know, I, I try to be humble as much as I can be, but you know, when, when I arrive in town, things turn around. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got there <laughs> in two, 2006, and, and Shaq and D-Way won a championship. I, you know, I mean, I stayed there, and, and LeBron came and joined what we were doing down there. And then and things looked up, and then I get to Memphis. <laughs> you know, I get to it's Memphis, true. and uh, you know, they, they speed it up a little bit. So, you know, I mean, the, the whole Fisdale fiasco aside, I think it's been a nice little ride <laughs> you know, since we've been in it's Memphis, true. man. But no, it's true. no, no. On, on the truth, though, the truth, though, this team is young. They, they have a lot of what Miami had last year with some of the young guys. Just this defiance. This, uh, this. Hey, we, we we're going to disrupt the party. We're going to play hard, and we're going to force you to beat us. Like, you're going to have to knock us down because we're not going to give you anything. And I think when you're playing like that uh, with, with not high expectations externally, I mean, you know, sometimes you force another team to have to grow up and beat you, and that's what that's what these Grizzlies are doing right now. Hopefully tonight we can say the butler did it. Well, we did it. Another Thursday in the books. I'm heading out to Duffy's Implantation. Trivia night. Thursday nights at around 8. I invite you to come. It is trivia. It is fun, and that place is a party. Let me tell you, they really, really know how to throw it down. Manager Nikki says, let's get this going, and we get it going. So you are invited. If you have any questions, as always, hit me up on social media, at Dan Day Radio. If not, talk to you tomorrow right here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.